In a world where movies are abundant, but podcasts are, well, well, podcasts are also abundant, comes another podcast about movies. You're listening to Stop Talking During Movies. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 14 of Stop Talking During Movies. I'm your host, the MC currently informally known as Sick SYQ, also known as Jesse Luke. Today I'm going to rank the last five movies that I watched. I got three brand new movies from 2020, which is good because I haven't, I think like total I've watched 10 movies from 2020 thus far, maybe less actually. Uh, just, you know, it's crazy with Corona and all that and just haven't got around to watching a lot of new movies, but got three new movies on here. I got one movie from 2017 and uh, <clears throat> another movie that I rewatched that is from 2014. So four of these movies I uh, watched for the first time and then the other one was a rewatch. Rewatched the that one with uh, the daughter and the wife uh, for Father's Day. Um, so I'll just get into it. Um, I watched... Uh, two mediocre movies. Those are two out of five stars for me. I watched two very good movies, three and a half out of five for me, and one great movie, four out of five for me. The first movie, uh, the the worst movie that I watched, the fifth best movie that I watched, or the first worst movie that I watched over the last five, this one is hard to talk about. I'm glad I didn't really like this movie because it would have been hard to recommend this movie to people because when you recommend it, it kind of sounds like you're recommending a porn. This movie is from 2020. It's called Come to Daddy. I'm close to some pretty big names. Substantial names, actually. I count Kendrick Lamar and Chance the Rapper among my closest allies. Anyone I've actually heard of? Elton John is a close friend. His real name is Reginald Kenneth Dwight. Elton, Reginald, discovered me. He saw me DJing at a nightclub. It was a gala event, and I was the DJ. He signed me to an exclusive deal. We inked the deal that same night. Elton, Reginald, <laughs> he's a great man. You could say he's like a father to me. No offense. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, it's a small world. I just happen to be a close friend of Reginald's, too. You are? Yeah. You're lying. I'm not. You are. I'm really not. No, Reginald and I, oh, we go way back. Really? I was his personal limo driver for 10 years. Yeah. We spent a decade together. Reginald and I. Driving, drinking, talking. We became close friends. Now what are the odds that you would be close friends with him too yeah 
small world. <laughs> so, anyway. I'll tell you what. What? Let's call him. Reginald? Yeah. It'll blow his fucking mind. Are you kidding? Brian and Norval, his old pals, just happened to be father and son? Whoa! Incredible. I, I, I don't know, Dad. It, it's, it's late. He, he goes to bed early. Bullshit! He's a car-carrying night owl and he never shuts up about it. He told me to never call him after eight. Well, he told me to call him any time, not today. Come to Daddy, directed by Ant Timpson, uh, starring Elijah Wood of Lord of the Ring fame. Uh, Stephen McCaddy's in here. Um, this is a strange movie. This is a movie from a director and from a writer. Somebody that has these people, the, the writer of the movie. I thought it was, I thought Ant wrote the movie as well, but he did not. He, uh, the writer is, where is it? Toby Harvard. Uh, newer writer. These guys are both kind of new to the scene for as far as I know. But they obviously have a clear vision of what they want to do film-wise. They, I, I just didn't like the vision. I thought, so this movie is about a young man, not young, he's 35 years old, but he's kind of like a young, you know, semi-loser dude that just doesn't, from what we can tell, doesn't have his life all that together. You find that out in a few, uh, a few scenes where he's talking to his father but he's he's given a the movie begins with him getting a letter from his father asking him to come see see him. He hasn't seen his father since he was five years old. It's thirty years on, and so we open the movie with Elijah Wood going to see his father in this remote house, beautiful house, beautiful area. Um, this house is kind of in the middle of the woods, right off the shore of. Uh, I guess it's the ocean, right? It's, it's off the shore of the ocean. Um, beautiful house. Uh, Elijah Wood describes it as a, it looks like a UFO from the 1960s. This movie opens up really well. The, the first act of this movie is very good. I, I immediately, right away, was loving my decision to start this movie. I thought it was going to, I was just into it. It was very strange. It was different. It was not, it's, it's the opposite of those movies that just paint by number. You know what's going to happen. Um, it's just, you've seen it before. It's all rote. This movie is very different than that. There's a lot of twists and turns in this movie that I didn't see coming. Didn't really anticipate. I really liked the first third of this movie. It was, um, there was something that happened early on. Uh, I don't even know if I could say about, uh, say even allude to it vaguely because it's very, um, there's only two people in the movie at the very beginning. It's it's basically two people in the movie. And then as the other characters get introduced, they're all unique characters. They seem very well, not, I don't want to say well-written because I did not like them, but I think they're well thought, uh, thought through. They're fleshed out. These characters um, are very different, unique. The whole movie is unique. The whole movie is very strange. But at about the midway point, because the second act begins and after some this uh, an event happens and the second act begins and it's still very good. Very good. I would say very good. Maybe great. What, 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 what I'm seeing on screen is very, very good. But then it just to me takes a complete nosedive off off a cliff. 
once something happened midway through the movie, I would say it just did not, I did not like it at all. I can see people loving this movie though, because it is a, it is a unique vision. It's clear. There's a, there's a distinct, distinct vision here. And I could see people loving it. If you dig this style of, uh, if you dig this director style, then this could be, you know, one of your favorite movies. It's, it's one of those movies where it's like, I did not like it, but I could recommend it to certain people. I found the movie, the best word I could think about it, uh, to describe it is ugly. I felt the characters were ugly. The story was ugly. Didn't really appeal to me. There was nothing outside of the first act that was beautiful about this movie. I did not like it. The performances were good. It's a well-crafted movie. Um, obviously has uh, some artistic vision here. But I didn't like the dialogue. I didn't like the characters. It all felt non-human. The story was fairly goddamn absurd. There were so many like plot contrivances in this movie. I don't, not necessarily plot, plot contrivances, but it felt small. It felt like the, nothing else existed outside of this tiny little world with these tiny little characters. And all this started to happen. Like, so for instance, a movie can feel small. Like at the beginning, this, the first act of this movie, it actually was small. There were two characters in the movie and what was on screen was very good. But once it expands out, it starts to feel smaller. I don't know if I'm making sense there, but it just felt small and ugly after about the first, after about the midway point. However, if, I mean, there's a lot of like gratuitous violence in the movie and it seemed like a lot of it was there just to be sickening or just to evoke that disgust emotion in the viewers and in, in you or whoever is watching the movie which would be a viewer. I, um, and I don't know, I guess if that kind of stuff doesn't turn you off on a, in a movie and it not, it doesn't always turn me off. Uh, Jeremy Sonier, uh, green room. He made, he made a movie called green room and there was a lot of gratuitous violence, but it did not rub me this way. I loved the green room. I loved, I love the violence in it. It felt real. It felt authentic. It felt human. I guess that's, that's the, that's what I'm getting at. This movie felt schlocky and B movie and just small. I didn't, I, I just didn't like what I was seeing on the screen. I think even like a movie like Jeremy Sonier's uh, first movie, murder party, very um, similar violence there in that movie. If you've seen that is way more obscure than this movie, I think, but it was done in such a way to shock me, but not repulse me and, in, in uh, making me think that it's just ugly. Uh, which it was just done way better and in a more humorous way. I guess there was some funny parts in Come to Daddy as well. I laughed a few times. Uh, not going to lie about that. Like, like I said, I, it was almost a bad movie for me, but I ended up just kind of thinking, look, there was enough good things in this movie that it wasn't completely awful, but I would not recommend this movie. It's a mediocre movie for me. Two stars, two out of five. If you care about those type of things. All right. The next movie that I watched, uh, the next worst movie, best movie, next best movie this is also from 2020, directed by William Eubank. This movie is called Underwater. On a scale from 1 to 10, how bad's my rig? 10. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean, and we don't know what came out. Gotta get to the station. How did we even get there? We walk up. 
We're just gonna walk with insufficient oxygen across the bottom of the ocean. You don't know what's out there. Worst idea ever! What was that? Turn your lights off. Underwater, uh, I already said the director, William Eubank, but it stars Kristen Stewart. Vincent Cassell's in here. T.J. Miller, very funny in this movie. This movie, I was looking forward to. It was one of those movies where it's like, ah, I, you know, I was not really putting it off. I, I wanted to watch it with the wife, but she was deaf, deadly not interested in this movie. It's a movie about an, uh, un, a, um, what did it be like, a scientific team under under the ocean, under the water, in the ocean, not under the ocean. They're in the ocean. They're on the ocean floor. It's kind of like aliens underwater um alien underwater they're in the middle of the ocean under the under uh, way down deep in in this uh ocean station and some shit goes wrong there's monsters down there that's i mean i don't think you can that's not a spoiler you can't go into this movie not knowing there's monsters down there so it's a monster movie i love creature features i i'm in i well here's the thing i'm starting to feel like a movie snob uh, a jaded movie snob now because this is the type of movie that i would have watched no lie 10 times in a row um when i was younger i just would have i think i would have been totally in love with this movie but and and honestly as it started that we were the camera was floating around the space station and i was like yes i'm in this is great glad i turned this movie on glad i bought this movie i bought this movie like six bucks or something like that i was in but then as it started going, it was just the most it was the opposite of come to daddy. Oh, which, by the way, really quick before I get into this, come to daddy. Like I said, the name of the movie is so, uh, you know, sounds like a porn. And I'm just like, OK, and my I knew my wife didn't want to watch it. So she was about to go to bed and I was just like, all right, I'm going to go watch a movie. And I knew she wouldn't really ask, like, what are you going to watch or anything like that? And so I'm like, good, I'm off. I don't have to say come to daddy to my wife. But as I'm about to go downstairs, my son's there, like, oh, oh, what movie are you watching? I'm like, God damn it. My wife's standing right there. And I'm like, ah, um, and I, you know, I was going to lie, but you can't lie. Can't lie. No lot. Lying's bad. Read lying by Sam Harris. Just don't lie. White lies are just as bad. So I'm like, oh, it's a movie called come to daddy. Now it's a new movie. It's a, has the guy from Lord of the Rings. I try to like qualify it, but very embarrassing. Anyways, back to underwater. Um, underwater was a little bit the opposite of come to daddy. Come to Daddy was very unique, very different, did not paint by numbers. You knew, you did not know where it was going. Underwater, you knew exactly where everything was going. It was completely predictable, completely rote, paint by numbers. We know where this is going. Characters would say certain things and you knew like, oh, well, that guy's going to die or that person's going to die. Or, uh, you know, you just knew where it was going at all times, I felt. You've seen it all before. This, I mean, it's just been done before. I've seen it so many times. It was nothing really surprising. There was a scene at the end of the movie, uh, right near the end of the movie that, you know, was an exception to everything that I'm saying that was really like, hell yeah, that's awesome. It was, it hit, you know, just those goosebumps those, that bring out that childlike wonder in you. That was cool. But outside of that, I mean, this was just a very typical movie, not really worth watching. Why am I watching this? It's, you know, it just not very good. There was enough good. It wasn't. It wasn't offensively bad in any way. There was nothing really horrible about this. I didn't hate watching this movie at all. But outside of the uh, anticipation, I don't really think I liked much in this. And that one scene at the near the end, there was 
very little to like about it and and really nothing to hate about it other than it was you know completely wrote and been done before a million times but yeah that it just i wouldn't recommend that two out of five for me as well on that one let me see if uh, there's anything else i want to say about that no that's about it christmas stewart was good um tj miller was pretty funny vincent cassell um fine yeah all right the number three movie that i watched out of the last five this movie is also from 2020 and 2020 not starting out great is it this movie is directed by judd app oh i'm sorry <laughs> not not to say this this movie this year isn't starting out good because i really like this movie actually come to think of it but it is my th- the third best movie that i watched um, out of the last five the king of staten island directed by judd apatow Starring Pete Davidson, Marissa Tomei, and Bill Burr. Bill Burr was killing it. Belle Powley, Maude Apatow, Steve Buscemi. Loved him in this movie. Yeah, the king of Staten Island. I like your tattoos. What are those numbers on your arm? Oh, that's uh, the date my dad died. He was a fireman. Died in a fire 17 years ago. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Don't be. It's fine. Knock, knock. Who's there? Not your dad. You can't focus on Scott anymore, honey. He's 24 years old, Marjorie. Let that fucking bird fly, please. Don't worry, Mom. I know your daughter got smart and went to college and abandoned us. But I'm still here. I'm going to be here forever. Yeah. I want to become a real tattoo artist. Your work is mad and consistent. Obama ain't right. Oh, I love your tattoos. This is my favorite. I've been dating someone for a little while now. The first guy you date in 17 years is a fireman just like that? You don't think that's weird? You're going to have to pull your weight a little more around here. Maybe help Ray get his kids to school. Kelly, do you know him? He's a new friend. You okay? You know, you could tell me. I'm okay. Oh, I trained her in the car. She's not going to break. King of Staten Island. Um, Pete Davidson. Is it just me? Or does he remind you of Barney Fife? He reminds me a lot of Barney Fife. I don't... I asked my wife and she was like, no, I don't see that. I don't see that at all. You're like stupid. And if you guys have heard the podcast, you know that's a dead on impression of my wife. Um, He was good in the movie. I didn't... He might have been the his character not necessarily him he was pretty good but his character might have been the biggest flaw of the movie and he is what the whole movie is about pretty much um i didn't like him very much i didn't hate him but i just found him not to be that redeemable uh a little bit annoying there kind of felt the same way about him if you heard the few episodes ago on the podcast the way my wife felt about um paul rudd's character and this is 40 just really not redeemable character. I didn't like him very much. Um, uh, Maude Apatow was very good. That's Jed Apatow's uh, daughter. She was very good. But the star, uh, Marissa Tomei, obviously good, but the star of this goddamn movie, uh, Bill Burr. I love Bill Burr as a comedian. Uh, he's probably one of my favorite comedians. He's probably my favorite comedian right now. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't know. One of the top. He was great, but just as an actor, I think he is so goddamn good. His his scenes were probably the best scenes in the whole movie. Um, I love that Jed Apatow allows his characters to breathe. He doesn't give you these side show characters that you and in a lot of these romantic comedies, it's not even a rom com, no, in a lot of these type of comedies, you got you get characters that are on the periphery and they're not really 
fleshed out characters. They're kind of one dimensional. They don't get you don't get to spend much time with them. Their their stories don't really matter. But in this in this movie, Bill Burr and Marissa Tomei get to make a um, they get they get to have their own spotlight. Uh, Judd Apatow likes to take his time with movies. He gives you that. He fleshes out his characters. He allows him to breathe. I love that. I love. I'm. I. I like Judd Apatow a lot as a director. This is Forty. Might have been. Might be one of my favorite comedies of all time. Um, I think he's a very good director. I'm into in for almost everything that he puts out. I knew my wife uh, was gonna like this movie as well because she also likes Judd Apatow. Um, there's a scene in this movie. I don't want to give too much away, but it's it happens later on in the movie. And it's uh, Steve Buscemi's character asks Bill Burr a question. And it goes something like this. I'm going to try to say it without giving too much away. But he says, when a certain firefighter died, what was the first thought that ran through your mind? And that scene was so goddamn good. What that scene meant, it was very heartfelt. It was very real, very emotional, a lot of pathos. It was very poignant. It's a lot of P words like possessive and pungent precocious and precious no it was very poignant very good very good scene um yeah really like this movie king of staten island this one i would highly recommend highly it's not a great movie it's a very good movie now this next movie the second best movie that i watched over the last five one cut of the dead One Cut of the Dead is a foreign film. It was, uh, I found out about this movie on a film podcast I listened to called The Film Vault. Uh, sounded really cool, so I'm like, I'm in. I'm going to check it out. Signed up for Shutter, which is where it's streaming right now. Signed up for it for a seven seven day free trial. Maybe I'll keep the subscription. Oh, actually, I just canceled the subscription, so I'm not keeping it. Uh, I was going to. I was going to watch Old Boy on there. I still might. But uh, anyways, that is completely beside the point. You don't give a fuck. One cut of the dead. I uh, do not even want to try to pronounce the director's name or the actors because I will butcher every single one of them. Actually, I should do it because that'd be funny. Shinukru. Shinuchiro Ueda is the director. Now, that's probably not even close, and I don't care. Um, don't cancel me, please. Yuzuki, Yuzuki Akiyama. I, I can kind of do that one. It's an actress in the movie. This is a very, very clever movie. A very interesting movie. This movie has a barrier to entry. Um, the beginning of the movie... Um, it is kind of, it starts out, it's a zombie movie. It's a zombie movie about a film crew making a movie about zombies that get attacked by real zombies. The movie starts out with about a 35 minute one cut scene, hence the one cut of the dead title. It's an uncut scene, one shot, one take, very impressive, but also very schlocky and kind of b b movie-ish at the beginning you it's not done extremely well at the beginning you're like oh my god what is this looks like a cheaply very bad made movie the audio is not great the 
you know, but it's that one take. It's kind of cool. You, you, you from a filmmaking perspective, you're like, all right, let's see where they go here. Um, very low budget, very bad at the very beginning, but it's bad and good at the same time. But if you get past that, I think that's the barrier to entry there is if you start watching it and you think this is the whole movie. No, I can't watch this whole goddamn movie like this. After that one cut scene, we go into the second and third, you know, the second act begins and what happens. I mean, the second act is just kind of a exposition almost, but the third act, very, very, very good. Very clever. This entire movie, very clever. Reminded me of life is beautiful kind of, um, in the sense that you're, he was, you know, it's a, it's a low budget movie. It's fun characters trying to make the best of a bad situation. Now is, <laughs> if you've seen this movie, obviously this is not as bad as the Holocaust or anything, but these characters are trying to make the best of a bad situation. All these, these things are going wrong. I can't talk too much about this movie without giving it away. Very clever movie though. Watch Watch at least 45. I mean, that's like half the movie. If you're going to watch 45 minutes of the movie, might as well watch the entire movie. The movie is not that long. What What is the movie coming in at? The movie is 96 minutes long. Okay. Fucking breeze of a movie. Hour and a half movie. Watch it. Get past that first scene. The first scene, appreciate it for what it is. It's a low budget B horror movie shot. One take. Really like it from a filmmaking perspective. It, this movie is very inspiring to me as a wannabe filmmaker. Um, I really liked it from that aspect, but I also just really thought it was a very clever movie. What happens in the third act? Very fun, very fun movie. It's a foreign film, it's subtitled. So if uh, that's uh, too much for you, then uh, it's not going to be good. There's not much pathos here, not much emotion. Uh, there's a little bit, but it didn't really hit me on an emotional level. It hit me more of a on a clever level, and and really liked it in that sense. Um, but yeah, I really like this movie. It's a very good movie. It's from 2017. Might have been 2018, but it says 2017 here on Letterboxd. But Letterboxd is notorious for putting the release date, even if it released in some obscure film festival in Spain. So I don't know, but it's a very good movie. Highly recommend this movie if you are a film lover. A very clever, clever movie. All right, the best movie that I watched out of the last five this is kind of, I don't know, I feel lame putting this one on here. It's a rewatch for me. Um, I think One Cut of the Dead is so goddamn unique and clever. It should be the number one, but I, I can't do it. In Interstellar from 2014. We used to look up in the sky and wonder at our place in the stars. Now we just look down and worry about our place in the dirt. Go for our main engine. Start... T minus 10. We must confront the reality that nothing in our solar system can help us. Nine. I've got kids, Professor. How long? What have you gone? Eight. I'm asking you to trust me. Seven. Murph. You have to talk to me, Murph. Six. I need to fix this before I go. You have no idea when you're coming back. Five. Main engine start. Couldn't you have told her you were going to save the world? No. Four. When you become a parent. Three. One thing becomes really clear. Two. And that you want to make sure your children feel safe. One. I'm coming back. Directed by Christopher Nolan. 
starring, you know, Matthew McConaughey, Jessica Chastain, Anne Hathaway, Mike O'Kane, Casey Affleck. Um, it's, oh, somebody's in this movie. I can't tell you if you haven't seen the movie. You got to watch it. Hans Zimmer in uh, on the score. Fucking love the music in this movie. But Christopher Nolan. I mean, you can't go wrong with Christopher Nolan. I have never I'm trying to think. Now, I've never seen a Christopher Nolan movie that I didn't at least like and appreciate. But I love this movie. Now, you want to talk about this is the I think this movie is the most flawed masterpiece I've ever seen in my entire life. It, and it's also the best bad movie that I've ever seen. There is horrible, horrible flaws in this movie. The exposition, some of the dialogue, the story is absurd. It's so silly. There, there are scenes in this movie. I mean, plot contrivances, whole plot holes throughout. Um, it's like Christopher Nolan doesn't know what emotion is sometimes. And he's, He's a, you know, I've heard this described of him before that he's just this robot or alien trying to discover what human emotion is. That's what goes on here. There's so many absurd scenes, so many really, really bad setups. Plot, I've said it, plot contrivances, very bad stuff. But there are also amazing things in this movie. Visually speaking, this is a beautiful movie. Beautiful movie. Uh, the world of the that this movie it uh, inhabits is is stunning. There's so many great visual aspects to this movie. There's intense scenes. There's and 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 like I said, I I think there are some bad attempts at grasping emotion in this movie, but there are some beautiful, beautiful, poignant scenes. There's that word poignant again. Um, in this movie, there's a scene. Where and, and this movie deals a lot. So it's a apocalyptic. If you haven't seen this movie, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you, but it's an apocalyptic movie about the end of the world. They got to send up somebody into space to go uh, go explore this black hole that just conveniently is near Saturn. And conveniently, Matt uh, Matthew McConaughey is the only man for the job, but he's retired kind of, you know, tropey type thing that's going on here. But we got Matthew McConaughey who just conveniently, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but he conveniently stumbles upon becoming the savior of the earth and just does so very quickly and easily. Um, but so he goes up into space, goes to the black hole. I mean, this is not really spoilers. That's what's going to happen. But he has to go down to a planet that's uh, orbiting a gigantic black hole. They call it Gargantua. Awesome. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful beautiful stuff here he goes down to this planet and if you know relativity if you know grab the way gravity interacts with time and time dilation and and uh gravity related to traveling at faster speeds and how that's similar and all that all this stuff they explain it in the movie in a very 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 um on the nose way i mean it'd be better if they had a narrator during this movie to explain things because it was so done in such a bad way here very clumsy exposition but they explain it. Uh, you go down to this planet for uh, for every hour you spend on this planet. Seven years is going to pass for your friends and family back on Earth. Matthew McConaughey has a daughter back on Earth that he wants to get back to. And hence, this is the reason why we watched it on Father's Day. You see the connection. We watched it on Father's Day. Watched it with my daughter. Very intense for her. So anyways, goes down to this planet. Something happens. He has to go back up on the ship. And every hour you're down on the planet, seven years passes on Earth. When he gets back to the ship, he goes to watch 
the videos that were sent from Earth to the ship over the time that he had been down on the planet. And that scene is so goddamn heart-wrenching. I don't cry often during movies, very rarely. And to be honest, I don't think I've ever just straight up cried, but tears have come out of my eyes. I don't know what the difference is there. If you consider that crying, I have cried in movies several times. Um, tears are coming out. Um, barely, a little bit. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be tough, but you know, a little bit of tears coming out. Very emotional scene. Very, very much so, especially as a father. There are several scenes throughout this movie that are like that. And the whole time I'm thinking, why Nolan? Why Christopher fucking Nolan? Do you have to focus on the absurdity and, and throw these absurd plot points in the movie? Just focus on the real human, human, humanity and human things in this movie. Because, and you can throw in the beautiful scenery and the actual mission that's taking place. That's fine. All of that could have been done without the absurd plot holes and plot contrivances that you put in there and the, the horrible, horrible absurdity in the plot. I mean, there's so much in there. Get rid of all that. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. With it in there, it, it drags it down so much for me, but I can't help but love this movie. It's a, it's extremely watchable for me. I, I think this is a movie that I could w sit down and watch at any given time. <laughs> you know, it's funny if I'm, I'm looking through movies and I'm notorious for just uh, browsing movies nonstop and just not being able to settle on a movie and like, all right, this is what I'm devoting two hours to. I, I honestly have spent an hour and a half before looking for a movie. My wife and I oftentimes at least spend 35 minutes looking for a movie and it drives her insane and I get it and I'm sorry. It, it does happen. But when I'm doing this, when I'm scrolling, I swear to Christ, there are a lot of times where I'm thinking, I'll just watch Interstellar again. I can easily do that and I would easily put it on and not feel bad about it really love this movie and it's so goddamn there's so many bad things about it like i said the most flawed masterpiece that i've ever seen in my life i really love this movie though interstellar kind of feel bad placing it on this list above you know the the, the one cut of the dead especially but uh it is a movie that i watched over the course of the last week so had to do it it's the best one out of the five all right, just run it back really quick again. Interstellar, the best movie that I watched. One Cut of the Dead, very good movie. The King of Staten Island, a very good movie as well. I uh, liked One Cut a little bit better, uh, mainly because of how great it is as a film, uh, like from a filmmaking aspect and how inspiring it is to me and how unique it is. It's very different. King of Staten Island is not a unique movie. It's not particularly beautiful not beautifully made you know there it's a it's a great script great characters and stuff but you know it's a little bit under there then we got underwater <sighs> just a meh movie very meh if you like monster movies and creature feature type movies it's fine um don't ever plan on watching that again no reason and then come to daddy a lot of potential there but just did not like by the end i was like ah, oh, god really really inconsistent character traits you got one character that just is a pussy but then at another point is just eager to stab people in bad places on their body <sighs> so dumb so dumb i uh, did not like it really wish i did all right well that is episode 14 i will be back next time hey if you're listening to this right now i want you to do three things one subscribe to the podcast stop talking during movies uh, you can do that on itunes or uh, on Launchpad, 
Also like the Facebook page, please. Um, and also that's one thing that all counts as one. Then the second thing you do is go to my Bandcamp, sixbandcamp.com. That's syqs.bandcamp.com. Or you can just Google me on iTunes, SYQ on iTunes and all the other platforms. Check out my music. If you're into rap music, if you are not, and it's not like rap, like I'm not like, yeah, where them girls at twerk for me? Uh, yeah, none of that. None of, or I'm not like, pull them guns out, blood, cause them blood. None of that stuff either. Like, um, and I'm not talking about my cars and my money and stuff. It's, it's rap for thinkers. Okay. And I don't sound like a thinker right now, but that's what it is. All right. And there's also, you know, I talk about movies too. It's all good. If you like that, if not, who cares? Go to my movie, movie thing. If you don't care about rap or whatever. And then the third thing I need you to do is damn it. I forgot. I forgot the goddamn third thing I, I wanted you to do. I guess it would be stop talking during movies. Oh, I just remembered. I knew it. I was like, all right, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to remember right as after I'm over. Okay. Third thing I want you to do, email me or write me or let me know somehow. Uh, you can email me at uh, stdmpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what a top, uh, uh, give me a topic ideas that you want my wife and I to do. Top eight something. Top eight, whatever. Top eight pine cones in movies. I don't care what it is. Just send me, hit me up with some ideas. My wife and I are trying to think of a good episode for us to do. We were going to do top five American movie or like movies about America, like America. Fuck yeah. Like American pro American movies or something like that for the 4th of July or not even pro America, just movies about the American experience. You know, it could have been Amistad up in there or um, 12 Years a Slave or Selma or something like things that actually are part of American history could have been that. But we just didn't get around to it. I don't know. We may still do that. Who knows? But I want some ideas. Hit me up with some ideas. And then the fourth thing out of the three that I want you to do is to stop talking during movies.